Welcome to the podcast of Dr. Michael Jacobs. We believe today's message will help you walk in faith and have victory now. Really excited about what God has for us today. And uh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. We'll start over here anyway. And then I've got some very important things to say to you today about angels and your prosperity. Now, you understand, I'm, I, if you don't, I'm going to say a few things. Maybe you do understand. I've been studying this subject for well over 30 years. And uh, I've had a lot of angelic visitations and things like that. I don't talk about it all the time. But uh, I'm going to talk about one here in, in a little bit today. But I want you to see, first of all, that you're not alone concerning your money. You, even the children. The children have angels assigned to them when they're first, I believe when they're conceived or prior. But anyway, I can prove that once they're born from the scriptures. But I think, you know, anyway, so the children, they're not left out of this. So all the children that are in here, you need to listen to me today. You have angels assigned to help you to prosper. Well, somebody's quick to say, well, if that's so, Pastor, how come I haven't prospered? I don't know. I'd be asking myself the same question. Either disobedience, bad talking. I don't mean you're telling dirty jokes, but you just don't talk in line with the word. Or maybe you didn't know, but in a church like this, I mean, come on. If you'd went to Lester Summerall's church and didn't know about casting out devils, we'd know you slept through every service. So, you know, for to act like you don't know about this, I wrote a book on it. I've got uh, Buku CDs and DVDs on this subject, you know. And I guarantee you, if you were that poor and desperate and you came to me and said, I don't have any information, I'd load your backside up with some CDs. If you really are that desperate and feed your faith. But there's no excuse to not know this. And furthermore, there's no excuse to not operate in this once you've been taught as much as I've taught about this. But I'm talking today specifically how angels get involved with us financially. And uh, I, I see where I haven't, I haven't maybe uh, been as diligent in this area as I should be. So where does that put some of you? So I want you to pay real close attention. This is an important message, a God-given message for me to talk about this today. So I'm here in Hebrews 1.14. Let's read this verse. Are they, referring to the angels, are they not all ministering spirits, talking about angels here, sent, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now notice this. It says uh, they all have ministries and they've been sent forth to minister. Now I want you to pick this word up, and we've used it before for them sent forth to minister for them that's a bigger word I didn't know that at first when I read that first 10 years probably but then the Lord began to show me as I read and read and read this they minister for me so they not only minister to me they can go forth to minister for me or in my behalf how many are listening of course the Lord had a lot of revelation uh, to, to me since that initial time when I that word for just jumped out of the page and the Lord began to explain it to me. And these are sent forth to minister for us who are the heirs of salvation. And the Bible says if you're born again, you're a joint heir with Jesus and heirs of God. That's us. 
He's not talking here to the unbeliever per se. He's talking to the believer. We're the heirs of salvation. Of course, in one sense, everybody's an heir of salvation in that they could be, but we are legitimately an heir of salvation because we've received Jesus into our hearts and believed Him as our Lord and Savior, our healer, and everything else that He is. So it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? And that's us. One translation of this says in Hebrews 1.14, the Weymouth translation says, They are a benefit. The angels are a benefit for us. Uh, what that really means is an advantage, a useful aid, or a help to us. So you have helpers to help you to prosper. And I'm going to get deeper as we get into this, but I wanted you to see this. The Amplified Version, I have it right here and in my notes also. And that verse says, are they, are they not the angels, all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? You go down the freeway, you got a guy's picture on there. He can help you with your money. The bankers are calling. The loan people are calling my house once a week. Hey, we could refinance your home. We could refinance this. Call us. We got a deal for you. Well, you got some assistance in the angels. Talk about assistance. And you understand, I'm not against the, uh, you know, the government has all kinds of assistance programs. And if you qualify, take advantage. But if you don't, then get off your bohunkus and start doing something. I didn't work my whole life to take care of people that won't do what they ought to do. And if you need it and your husband ran off and you got a couple kids, get food stamps, get help, do whatever you can get to get aid that's available. I'm not criticizing you, but if you're going to stay like that your whole life, I don't know, you're, you're in a bad way. Somebody owes you something, your entitlements, get off that, will you? Nobody owes you nothing. Jesus gave you everything. That's the way you ought to be thinking. And you ought to be thinking, I'm anointed to help somebody. Yeah. Instead of all that, that somebody's anointed to help me, the angels are anointed to help you, but you ought to be anointed to help somebody yourself. Yeah. I'm going to preach good. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we're seeing here that these angels will help us and minister for us as we release them to go out and help us. Now we're talking about prosperity, so let's go back here to Psalm 103. Look, look with me in your Bibles. This will help us. Not mad at anybody. Really not. I think, uh, you know, but I think, uh, you know, praise God. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. Psalm 103 and verse 20 and 21. I want you to mark these in your Bible and listen to me today carefully. And if this helps you, maybe, uh, you know, get the CD if you need it or whatever. But we're this will be our last session to talk about finances. We've talked about the tithe. We've talked about offerings. We talked about Jesus was not poor. We, we need to know that. We, and we talked about, uh, uh, you know, I don't remember taking care of your pastor and only taught you half of the message. I still had another hour's worth of teaching in me, but we, we just condensed it. So I think you got the gist of it. And uh, we'll have some notes available sometime soon. If you're interested on the rest of that, we could give it to you. You could study it out yourself. But uh, we're talking today about angels and money and how they get involved with us financially and how they're called to help us financially. So here we are in Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, 
that excel in strength, that do His commandments, hearkening unto the voice of His word. Bless ye the Lord, all ye His host. Now when the Bible refers to host, it's referring to angelic armies, angelic beings, and living creatures that are on God's side. Some of them, I don't know that we could just pigeonhole them and give them a, uh, a critical definition, but they're angelic beings and there's all kinds of created beings over there in that other world. I'm not talking about demonic stuff. I'm talking about angelic. His host, ye ministers of His, that do His pleasure. So He's telling us here that these angels and these heavenly hosts of whatever abilities they have and whatever strengths they have, and they have some, they are sent forth and they are trying to do their best to bring pleasure to the Father. Notice that they do his God's pleasure so we can figure out what God's pleasure is at least in part here what we're talking about today and there's a lot more to it but we're going to go to Psalm 35 now go back here to Psalm 35 some of you have heard me teach this before but you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God you know if you've never done anything like what I'm going to teach you this morning you may feel a little odd about it that don't mean it's wrong I told my wife I was in the car yesterday I said you know whether you do evil things or you just are ignorant, both will kill you. Just came out of my spirit. I'm driving my car. And I just, that just squirted out of me. And I thought, ooh, that's good. Either ignorant, you're uninformed, or you're doing evil things, both of them will kill you. Both of them evilly, you know, equally kill people. You don't know about healing, you don't know about deliverance, and you can't have it. It's available, but you can't have it because you have no faith in it because you never heard about it. Or you heard about it and it looked too good to be true and you dis discarded it or somebody else got to your head and told you Jesus did away with that when the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see how, how way below our, 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 our mandate from God is really we're living. How far below what God has provided we even believe to happen in a lot of areas. And I'm a little bit, you know, provoked about it right now. But anyway, I'll try to simmer down with you. Who's going to tell you what I'm telling you? CNN don't know it. Fox don't know it. Half the preachers don't know it. I'm not against people who have big churches, but what are they being taught? Come as you are, stay as you are. You're going to get challenged here, not from me, but God's challenging you. God is challenging you through His gift, me, to help you step up into what He has for you. You ain't ever seen anything like what I'm seeing right now. That's why you're so laid back today about it, I guess. What's He talking about? Don't matter everything in your life could be increased, enlarged. You'd have capacities you never dreamed even existed, much less dreamed you could have. And I'm not talking just about money. You can have all the money in the world, lay over there in the oncology department and die. Pay for the best medical treatment you can get. We're not against medicine, but that's not a cure-all. <laughs> I'm fighting the same... Andre beings, they fight. Just fighting it from a spiritual level. They're dealing with the body and the mind and all kinds of stuff like that, you know. All right, I'm preaching pretty good right now. Getting fired up. Man, you mad at me? No, I'm not mad at you. I'm trying to get you to wake up to what's available to us. 
Don't give me this stuff about your parents. Don't you dare give me this about your parents and you were raised in this. Hey, you got a Bible? Get your mind renewed. You're a child of God. I'm not just a child of Jack Jacobs. I'm, I'm a child of God Almighty. I mean, I appreciate my parents doing their best, but they never put in me what the Bible put in me. <laughs> my goodness, let's get honest here. Quit faking it. All right, Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy, Psalm 35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, look at this. Here's where I was talking about the Lord be magnified. The Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Now listen to that. The Lord gets, he gets magnified when you and I prosper. And really, we're not even in that old covenant. I'm not his servant. I mean, I'm his servant in the sense I give myself to him. You understand that, don't you? But scripturally, legally, legit, I'm a son of God. Not no servant. These were servants in this old covenant. And by the way, I've looked up prosperity in all kinds of translations and everything else. It means prosperity. It means stuff. It means money. It means material goods. It means whatever it is you need. God is magnified when I prosper, when you prosper. I mean, if you don't get that, you know, that just sideswipes everything else I've tried to put in you because you've got to realize that God gets great magnification. He becomes bigger in your sight and he becomes bigger in others' sight when, when people, you're living in a life of prosperity and you know God did it and you tell everybody God did it for you. So many derailed people, so many dis, just derailed people. I feel for them, but this is the way to get out of this. This is the way to, to move into something beyond where we've ever known. Now, you have an angel. Uh, I'm running out of time, but quickly go to Matthew a minute, Matthew 18 and 10. We've taught you this before, but let's look at it one more time. Today, I'm, I'm laying a little foundational work, and then I'm going to get into the fullness and the meat of what I want to talk about. So we see that angels are assistance to us. They bring a benefit to us. One of those benefits is we're starting to see that they do His pleasure, and His pleasure is that we prosper, so they must be involved in that to some level. Hallelujah. And I'm over here in Matthew 18, 10. It says, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. And actually, the Greek says there they're very young children. Maybe infants a little bit over that perhaps. For I say unto you that in heaven, and again that, that word heaven is relative. It doesn't always mean that place where God lives because Paul said he was caught up to the third heaven. But he's talking about the realm of the spirit. That in the realm of the spirit, their angels, T-H-E-I-R, that, that describes ownership. That describes attachment. That that angel's attached, or I would like to say it, assigned to you. Your personal angel for protection for a lot of things. I don't want to go down that trail. Hallelujah, right? Yeah, thank you. Praise God. It says that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. Now, of course, the Father does live in heaven, but when you're over in the Spirit, you know things from a different vantage than just this natural. 
So we have to understand, again, these angels assigned to your children and to you are here with us because they couldn't help us if they weren't here. I was teaching this years ago and God said, what do you think had happened to the President of the United States if he went to France and they sent the Secret Service to Brazil? I'd say they'd be bringing him home in a box. I don't care who he is. Somebody tried to take him out. There was no protection around him. I mean, there's all kinds of movies made on that scenario, even with protection. They'd take you out too if they could. The protection. But I'm talking about angels. And every day you get up, you ought to thank God that not you thank God for who he is, but you also say, thank you, Father, for the angel you've assigned to me to keep me safe from all injury, harm, and destruction. I'm delivered from every evil work today and preserved until the heavenly kingdom, until I get there, you know, so forth and so on. So here you have angels assigned to you as children, and they do not leave you just because you grow up. Of course, here's a question comes up. Well, if that's so, how come this, how come that? I know, you know, my cousin died at 12, and I'm sorry about it, but don't lay that off on God. How about the parents? What did the parents know? What did the child know? Maybe they were good people, maybe they were moral and ethical, but maybe they didn't know anything about the supernatural. So their only hope was in the arm of the flesh. Jeremiah 17 says that. And he says, if that's all you have faith in, you're cursed. And that's been true of many a person. The blessing of God was available because of lack of knowledge. They walked under the curse. They buried their children. They dissed that and other. Now, don't get under condemnation. I'm sorry if that has happened to you. We're not criticizing anybody. But something happened. Because this says our children have angels assigned to them. But you have to speak that over your children. And you have to believe that your children are protected. I did that all the years and still do over my children and their mates, my grandchildren now, and the ones that are coming. Yeah. I don't have to figure out a whole lot of other stuff. I just keep saying what I've been saying. It's real simple. Angels, you protect them. And I pray over you every day. The angels protect you. Some of you have been supernaturally delivered. Some of you don't even know it. I remember one guy, one time, I don't know what happened. What, what, I won't mention that person, but, you know, they used to be here. They're not here anymore, but God, God woke me up. Woke me up in the middle of the night and said, pray for this man. Okay. I got up and prayed for him. Dealt with some things spiritually. Don't go into all detail. And uh, the next day he had a critical car crash. And the EMT, when they got to him, said, usually we take you out of the vehicle in a bag because you're done with this kind of accident. And all he had was a bruise where the seatbelt bruised him when it, you know, he, somebody ran into him or whatever. Saved his life probably. Remember another pastor friend, I won't mention his name. God woke me up three different times to pray for him. The third time, he called me after I got up and prayed about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour each of those three times. In the middle of the night, you know when you're nice and toasty and... So you've got to be willing to do some of these things. Why don't things happen? Because people don't respond. Other people don't respond or the people don't respond. But anyway, he turned his car over in a creek and he was able to crawl out and was safe. He called me that morning. I said, I prayed for you three times in the last two weeks, Pastor. And he said, I said, you okay? He said, yeah, I had, you know, maybe bruised a little, but I'm not seriously injured or anything. I walked away from it. But Hallelujah. The angels didn't leave you just because you grew up. If you've never heard any of this, you can go buy my book in there. 
Oh, well, I only got a few left, don't we? Three or four or five. And if you don't have money, you can get one for free until they run out. That's all I got left right now. I'm going to have to reprint it. But, you know, if you've never heard some of this, it might sound strange to you. But I wanted to talk to you this morning about something. It's in, uh, let's go over here to Acts chapter 2. You're still here, aren't you? We're learning some things today. We can't say everything. We, not that we wouldn't, but the point is we only got a limited amount of time in one service. And I want to talk to you about some things that, you know, the Bible Paul taught, follow me as I follow Christ. So I would say that to you. I realize other men have revelation and other men have insight into angelic creatures. But I know I do. And I know God has used me along this line. I'm not bragging. I'm just, I didn't ask to be selected. I didn't ask for the visitations, but hallelujah. We sure have had our share of them and different things. And I'm going to talk about something else in a minute. The proof's in the fruit. So I know a little bit about this that I'm talking to you about. Acts 2 and verse 17. Let me read this to you first. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Well, I don't know if this is the last of the last days. I think that we're getting close to it, but we're certainly in the last days. God declares that I will pour out of my spirit upon all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, telling forth the divine counsels, and your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances. And I want to tell about uh, two, two different things, I think. Uh, one is, you know, well, let me just tell you the second one, and I'll let the first one go for now because of time. But we were here in this church in 1999, and we had a, a $40,000 deficit that we needed to catch up on for that year. So this isn't anything new to some of us. We, sometimes you get behind. You ever gotten behind as a family? You ever gotten behind as an individual? And so we needed $40,000. And again, if you were with me back in those days, I didn't get up and browbeat anybody, didn't twist anybody's arm. I said, we need $40,000. Go home and pray about it and bring your whatever you want to do financially. On the October 31st, was a Sunday night in 1999. I was standing right down there by that chair. Well, the building wasn't extended then, but in the same place when the building was a little shorter. <clears throat> and uh, I'm worshiping God. We just had about a 40-minute worship service, and we put the offering plates up on the altar step, asked people to come and put it on there, in there when they wanted. They could come and bow a minute and pray. They could come and just stand there and pray and worship, put their offering in, believe God. And we were standing on some scriptures. And at the very end of that service, I'm standing down there praising God, and all of a sudden I went somewhere. My body was still standing. I don't know, maybe the angels were holding me up, but <laughs> I went somewhere. And when I came to myself, it just took a split second, but I didn't know where I was at, but I was looking when I came to my senses, when you know everything began to form up for me. I was standing in front of a doorway like that door over there, say. It was a threshold at the bottom some kind of a plate and the door the door was open but it was dark in there and on the inside of me the Holy Ghost said step inside that door boom and when I did that that room lit up you ever seen this you know some of these movies where they got high tech stuff and you go in a room and it lights up and you leave the room and it lights down probably going to have that in all of our homes in another few years but anyway save electricity but when I walked in that whole room lit up, and right to my right was an angel. He's about eight foot tall. Massive creature. He looked down on me like that, and he said, Michael, 
you come into a new room and he went like that he said you'll have to learn to be skillful in this new room I looked around and uh, <clears throat> they had all kinds of equipment not musical equipment but something but it was covered up a lot of the stuff was covered up with these black things that some of the musicians put over their equipment you know what I'm talking about and uh, man oh man oh man and you know I let that go for a while and didn't even pray about it anymore for a couple months duh what was I thinking but you don't criticize me unless you've been there and so I started praying about it and the Lord said I was wondering if you're ever going to talk to me about it I said I, yes sir I'm talking now what about this room anyway the next night I got in that room I mean, let me go back to that I got in the room next night in intercessory prayer group and, and what I mean get in a room I had a vision you know, is, there's all different kinds of visions you know, sometimes with my eyes open I can see things sometimes though this particular one I was praying we were praying over some missionaries and I closed my eyes every time I closed my eyes I was in that other room open my eyes I'm right here praying with some people I was praying with and when I got and I closed my eyes I got in that other room I was praying for some families on the mission field and all of a sudden I looked and in this room this new room that I'd come into it was all these angelic creatures all di they were different sizes different builds different they, I could tell they had different functions I don't know how I knew that but just by the spirit and I would catch eyes with one of them and I would begin to pray in a language unbeknown now I pray in tongues but I would begin to speak in a different tongue to this creature you know the Bible says 1 Corinthians 13 we can pray with the tongues of men and of angels well I was talking to him and when I, when I got done talking I could tell from his countenance he knew exactly what he needed to do and he was dispatched and he, he kind of there was a trail behind him like a light Pshoom, he went out of that room and then I'd open my eyes I'd be back in this room with everybody you know I've had two or three or four missionaries that robbers and thieves and people like that that meant to do them harm came into their homes and all they all they all were protected Jared your dad was one of those were you there when that happened yeah and that was in Mexico and then I had a couple in Honduras back then and they three guys came and they tore, tied up his wife and his daughter and had her in the house upstairs and, you know they didn't touch her that I'm aware of according to what they told me later and then you know this missionary opened the door he had his sons with him or one of his sons maybe I guess he had two daughters and one son but his son anyway you know you're talking about a major thing guy standing there with a gun and they start wrestling he told his son to run and anyway they all before it was all over all the robbers were out of the house and he was in the house and his wife hadn't been touched his daughters hadn't been molested hey come on they hadn't been shot or raped all kinds of stuff this is fruit that came out of this at least you think I'm just a nut and as well as Mike and Elaine Rabel how many guys did you have about four or five of them came in had weapons see wanted them to give them their money or whatever and anyway to make a long story short they left they were okay and anyway I, I got back in the spirit and was praying for and said something to this other angel now I'm back in this other room now this spiritual room in the natural I'm standing right down here somewhere praying when I close my eyes I'm in this other room and I'm talking in the spirit to a spirit being who understands what I'm saying how did I know that? I just knew it. You know, I, it's hard to put English words with what I'm saying. Now, you know, if we don't ever have any fruit out of some of these bizarre things we're talking about that sound 
off the wall to you maybe, then let's just shut it all down and forget it. You know, just forget the Bible and forget all that. But I'm not talking about something I thought about or had some kind of weird experience. I'm talking about a divine visitation. I just read it. What did it say? Divinely granted appearances. Most of them I didn't ask for. None of them have I asked for. Let me rephrase that. I never asked to see anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, a couple of years ago, God said, you'll come to church one Sunday morning and the angels will fill up the ceiling. When that happens, you get up and say this and you do that and you release them. Some of you were in that service and things changed for you. At least you wrote me letters and told me it did. Hallelujah. See, these things work when, it, when you know how, when God's dealing with somebody that can understand it, it. You don't have to be me, but just listen to what I'm saying. So anyway, about January after that event happened in October 31st and November the 1st came was the night of prayer I just told you about and how those angels protected people on the mission field. And then I went on for a couple months and about January or February finally... The Lord, I was praying one day and the Lord said, are you ever going to talk to me about this room? Remember? Remember the, uh, yes, sir, I apologize. See, you can get so busy and if I could do that, I know you could do it. You'll get so busy about what you think you've heard or God told you that you almost, what was that now? What? Uh, don't be like that. You'll miss a lot that God has for you. You got to be sensitive to things like, not weird, but just sensitive. Write it down. Well, anyway, I began to pray, and, and he said three things to me, and I'm just going to talk about the third one. He said, you will begin to increase in finances. That was 99. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what my, whatever income was back in 99, but it's sure accelerated since then. And really, I haven't done anything but sow more seed because I had more to sow and just live for God. Made mistakes probably and repented when I did. See, the... The proof is in the fruit. What, what, what am I telling you? The main thing in that other room, there was two other things, but one of the main things he said, I, he said to me, I'm going to increase you financially. I was talking to him about that recently because he ministered to me in Mexico one time on a way to a meeting. Somebody else was driving, a different missionary, and I was over here praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden the Lord began to deal with me about finances and stuff and what he was going to bring into my life. And just a couple of days ago, talked to him. He said, remember that? Remember what I told you? Yep. He said, that hadn't happened yet, but it's going to. <laughs> hey! What, are you just covetous? No, I didn't ask for any of this. I'm just a little dumb drug addict kid that got saved, fell in love with Jesus, started going to church. They didn't know a lot more than I did back then. I thought they knew everything. They just barely made it to church, some of them. But if you follow the God and follow somebody that knows God, you can get somewhere. Let me show you something that's uh, amazing here. I think i got enough time to do this. If you stick with me real tight. Let's go to uh, 1 Kings 19. I don't mean to sound uh, smart aleck or anything like that. I hope I'm not coming across that way. But it's just when I talk about things like this, I don't want to come across like a loose cannon. You know, like some nut. But I'm not a nut. I'm a man of God, and I've, I've done my homework best I know how. And getting more today, got more today in the office before I came out here to preach. Not about what I'm talking about right now. I don't know if I'll talk about that today, because it doesn't exactly fit into this. But about angels. First, First Kings 19, verse 
uh, 15 and 16. Look at this. And the Lord said unto him, uh, I believe this was Elijah, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you come, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abimahola, thou shalt anoint to be prophet in thy room. In other words, the prophet, and I'm going to use this as an analogy, that prophet had a room and I have a room. You're in my room right now. If I go into California next week, if I speak, then I'll be in that. that that's my room too, but that's also Dr. Dufresne's room because that's his home church. How many are listening? But you're in this room, and I'm instructing you about this room, out of that room. Let me take you to the New Testament and show you something else here. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. You still here with me? I'm not telling you you're anointed to be a prophet. I'm sure you're not. For the most part. There could be somebody here that's anointed to do that, but I doubt it right now. And you might be in training, something like that. That's not, but I want you to get too tight in the interpretation. But when you get in another man's room, that's what he's told Elijah to do, to get Elisha and bring him into your rooms where he would understand the ministry of the prophet by being an assistance to the prophet. Now, Brother Dale's a good example of a minister of helps that's been called to serve me, but he's not called to be a prophet. I mean, that call is just not on him. That's not a demeaning thing. Catch on. But he's been faithful to serve me, and when we get to heaven, I guarantee when we get to heaven, he may even get greater rewards than me. He may have prayed me through some stuff. I don't even know where of it. I know he's prayed me through a lot and helped me and helped me and did this and did that and ran there and ran there and ran here and ran there and did this and did that and been been very sweet and beneficial and, and very generous to me in his life. I didn't command him to do it. You understand what I'm saying? But he's done it. He's got credit. But what I'm trying to say is that the senior prophet brought this other person into his room to teach him something. This is what I'm bringing you into this room today talking about angels and money. All right, now let me show you something here in 1 Corinthians because that's Old Testament. Let's look to the New Testament. And verse, uh, let me find it here, verse 15 and 16 of 1 Corinthians 14, 15 and 16. It says here, What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, or praying in, in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, and I will pray with the understanding. That would be English. Also, I will sing with the Spirit, That'd be singing in spiritual tongues or singing things out in the spirit in an unknown tongue and then getting the interpretation. And I will sing with the understanding also. Else when thou shalt bless with the spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? For you gave thanks well, but the others not edified. Now this is what I wanted to pull out of this verse 16. The room of the unlearned. You should not be staying in the room of the unlearned over a period of time with me because we're teaching you how to get learned. <laughs> but you know, if you don't have somebody to teach you, you probably could read your Bible until you die and maybe never see this. You might, but I mean, personally, I've been in this a long time. I don't know of a lot of books that I trust about the ministry of the prophet other than Brother Hagin and Dr. Dufresne genuine, God-given prophets. 
And my point is not about the prophet's ministry, about learning what I'm teaching you. And when I got in that other room that was filled with angels, this is my point, God said there'll come an increase in finances. So the proof is in the fruit. Did we do that? Did God do that for me? Did, did we continue to follow that plan? Well, to some level we have because our, increase, our finances have increased. Still living by faith. I didn't try to save a bunch of stuff up and sit on the can. Still living by faith. Still living by faith. I'm not saying it's wrong to save. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm just telling you how I, what, what we've done. And the proof is in the fruit. Here's my point to you. What are you afraid of testing what I'm teaching? What would make you not do what I'm asking you to do? All I'm going to ask you to do in just a minute is to say something. Let's go, let's go to 1 Corinthians. We're getting out of the room of the unlearned. You see that? 1 Thessalonians. Let me find my reference here. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 20, uh, 20, 20, 20 and 21. And we could, we could even say something here about preaching today. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 and 21 says, let's go back to verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. Quench not the Spirit. If the Spirit of God directed me to teach on this today, don't quench it. Don't, don't, don't just shove it in the back of your mind and not get it out and deal with it and think about it. I'm going to give you an answer here. Look, look at this. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Oh, Pastor Jacobs, he just offered some kind of vision he said he had. You better watch that kind of talking. Even if you don't agree, I just wouldn't talk against it because you might get on the bad side of that. Despise not prophesying, and in the sense we're, we're prophesying by the Spirit to you, in the sense we're preaching under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to go down and explain that to you, but that's part of it. But it says, verse 21, this is it. Prove all things. How many things? All. You know, when you tell me this or that, then I watch your life. So be careful what you tell me. You tell me you're called to preach, and, you, then, and, and all of a sudden you show up irregularly. I'll show, all of a sudden you, you draw back. You know, I can tell when there's disrespect. Hallelujah. I'm called to do this and this and that and the other. That's fine. We'll help you get there. But, but you gotta, you got to, here's what we all do, proving all things. And the message I'm teaching you about using your faith to believe for the angels to help you financially, prove it. I'm throwing it down on you. Prove it. I'm not going to dare you because that's demonic talk, but prove it. Now let's see what else it says. Prove all things and hold fast that which is good. I'm saying to you, if you'll listen to me and you'll get in your own Bibles, and this is a test, the proof is in the fruit, and prove it. Prove it. Prove it out. See, I started doing this a long time ago with the angels when I realized I had authority over them to send them out. And I began to bind the devil. I say, Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus, command you to take your hands off my money. And by the way, I also take authority over this whole region and even to the ends of the earth if I need to. Out of Isaiah 43, 5 and 6, that you turn loose of the people that are called to be planted in this church I don't want people to just want to come in here and be religious. They're too difficult. They're unreasonable people. They don't want to learn anything. 
But I'm talking about those that are called to be sons and daughters. There's some commitment there. It's Isaiah 43 is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people now taking authority over the devil. You turn loose of those people that are called to be here with me and help them to get here. And you're going to see it. We've already had a little link, but we see people from Asia and all over the world and South America, and we've had some of those already. <laughs> yeah, he sent me a young couple or guy wasn't right. And I talked to her and I talked to him and I told him he wasn't right. And I told him, you need to get out of that place where you're working. What is the matter with you? You stupid person, what is the matter with you? To think that you could go in a place like that and work and your wife feels funny about it. What is, are you a Christian or not? Working in a place where women take their clothes off. Don't act like I'm hardcore. He's lucky I didn't slap him. Yeah, I'm serious about it. He's, he's just blessed I didn't just, just beat the tar out of him. That's not the best way to counsel, you know. <laughs> But here I had this precious young lady that's a pastor's daughter from another country and he's doing her a number. You know what I mean? Probably doing a lot more than a number. But he, he, I said, what? no wonder your wife's intimidated. Well, I can't make money like this somewhere else. I said, well, you better. You're going to go to hell. And I saw her within the last year or two. My wife and I ran into her in a restaurant. She bought our dinner and said, I got rid of him. I said, good for you. Guys like that need to be gotten rid of. Shouldn't have hooked up to begin with. Trying to help somebody salvage their life. Don't act like I'm hardcore. I, I may be the only thing standing between that girl and ever being normal. I don't know. But her parents asked me if I would help them who are in the ministry in another country. So naturally, if, you know, thank God my daughter's married a good guy. But you can imagine how I felt as a father when I got a, a man of God and his wife to tell me, would you please help my daughter figure this out, her and her husband, they are a mess. So I did my best. And I said, listen, if you repent, God will forgive you. But you can't work in a place like that. I don't care how much money you wait. Your mind gets debased. Is that too big a word for you? Pervert. You become a pervert. How do you expect your wife to compete with all that, whether she knows who those girls are or not? What's the matter with you? Are you married to her or not? Hey, you don't want to hear the truth. That's the way he acted. That's why I almost slapped him. Are you awake or not? All right, I was talking to him, but you could answer too. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're proving things. There's a lot of stuff goes on I can't tell publicly. You probably think I've told it all. You're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, praise the Lord. We're talking because, you know, Jesus, he told us in John 15, I'm not going to turn over there, but John 15, 7 and 8 says what? If you abide in my word and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will and my Father will be glorified. Remember what we just found out? God gets, he gets magnified or glorified when you prosper same thing see these things here I haven't said anything that isn't scriptural you know angels appeared to Jesus but they also appeared to other people in the Bible even Cornelius 
and Peter and different ones. Isn't that right? Believe not every spirit. Test the spirits whether they're of God, which I did. I'm not some weirdo. Some, one time I had a couple of angels come to me. I said, what's your mission? And to tell me, and I questioned them for a little bit because I was going through a difficult time there. I wanted to be sure I wasn't having some kind of weird hallucination. I wasn't on dope either. I'm just telling you, I'm not a, some kind of fruity, flaky person. And I don't go around telling everybody all my intimate visions either. I'm letting you into my room to help you today that when you understand the angels that are sent to assist you and to help you assist you financially, you will begin to say something to them. Now, let's go, to, let's go over here for just a minute in Philippians 4. We're just about done. I appreciate you listening today. Don't know how that couple got in my message today, but I hope he got straightened out. But more importantly, they had a little baby. See, my heart always goes out, especially if somebody's hooked up with somebody that's corrupting them. Then they got children. See, I don't trust people that do stuff like that around their own children. I mean, all I got to do is watch 6 o'clock news and know what I'm talking about. So, anyway, praise the Lord. Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You see, God wants to take care of you. God is not a deadbeat God. I said God is not a deadbeat God. And, and furthermore, just write these down. How about, how about Psalm 23.1? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not... Oh, pastor, you don't believe God wants you to have what you want, do you? Yes, I do. Because, you know, if you love God, you're not going to want what's wrong. See, that young man that day could have said, Pastor, please pray for me. I am so messed up in a, in a, in a position like this and watching this kind of activity. I said, you know, people don't go to those places praying in tongues. And if they did, they quit praying in tongues when they got in there. Like a friend of mine says, well, this guy ran off with somebody else and he was spirit-filled. Not that day. <laughs> Don't give me that you were filled with the Spirit back in 94 and you're out doing weird stuff with yourself and other people and your body. See, that's all. If you don't pay attention, though, the devil will suck you in like a vacuum thing. You've got you to gotta fight through some things and fight the good fight of faith. Resist the devil. Take dominion over him. But we're talking about finances now, and we're talking, you, you begin to claim, and then how about, how about Psalm 3410? He won't withhold anything that's good for those that love God. Isn't that right? Well, we need to understand God just didn't want to barely meet your needs to barely get you along. He's got abundance for you, but you have to live for Him fully. You know, you can't live in, you can't live in corruption and then claim that because you're not living up to what you need to be doing. The Bible says God overthrows the words of the transgressor. So we got to speak in faith from the word, but we got to get our lives lined out as we do that and trust him for the angels to get involved. So we claim whatever we need. You ought to start doing that. Figure out what you need a week or a month and claim that. And then you begin to say, Satan, I bind you. Take your hands off my money. Can I do that? Absolutely you can do that. Jesus said you could. 
in Matthew 16. I'm not going to turn there for time. I've got a couple other last minute things to say, so just buckle up, buckaroo, and take some notes. Matthew 16, 16 through 18, he told Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, the rock of revelation of who he is, that he's the anointed one. That's what he said. You're the Christ. You're the anointed one, too, you are. And that's what Peter said to Jesus. Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, you could shut those gates or open them depending on how you talk. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in the spirit. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the spirit. Isn't that what he said? Well, then who's in control? We are. I'm not, see, God wants to help you, but he's given you the controls to do that by speaking. I, and I, I say, Satan, take your hands off my money. Take your hands off the, see, I began to bind him. I bind you. In the, and I say it like that. I don't, I bind you. No, if you're serious about it, you're going to bind him. You, that may hurt your ears. I'm not trying to hurt your ears. You'll be all right. But you need to have a little authority about you. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, I, I have a little authority about you. <laughs> have some authority about you. Claim whatever you need and say, Satan, I bind you. Take your hands off my money. And then according to Hebrews 1.14, we already studied it, ministering spirits for us. I say, this is what I, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come in Jesus' name. Go ministering spirits and cause the money to come in Jesus' name. First I say, Satan, I bind you. I command you to take your hands off my money. Sometimes I say, and I give you no place. No place in my life financially. No place in my mind to do weird stuff. No place in my body. No place in my marriage. I get rough with him sometimes. He don't like that. He don't stay around. A lot more for him, but he won't stick around. Round three coming, baby. You resist him, he'll flee. Says he'll run from me as in terror. No, I'm not a big shot. Jesus is the only star I know of, but he, I'm in him, and he's in me. And when I talk like that, he don't know if it's me or Jesus. <laughs> no, he knows me. The Bible, Paul said, the devil said, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? They didn't know what they were doing. But you're in Christ. And you're in church on the rock. And more importantly, you're in the anointed one and his anointing. But you're learning how to deal with things. Well, I just don't know if he'd listen. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever done it? Have you ever done it consistently? See, your, your, your whole being will turn that way if you get into it. I'm not binding God. I'm binding the devil and commanding him. I'm commanding him, not asking, not suggesting you turn. You take your hands off my money. You watch that commercial on TV. It's my money and I want it now. People hanging out of windows. You don't need JG, whoever, or anybody else. You need Jesus. That's what you need. And then say, go ministering spirits and cause the money to come. Now, this is why I know that. Angels and demons both, listen to me carefully, they influence people and they speak to people. Now this church should know that we had somebody stick an envelope in our door with a check that did not bounce for $43,600 and we hardly even knew who they were. They'd only been here one other time or two other times, but they didn't talk to me. I tried to talk to them, and they didn't seem, you know, whatever. Hey, I don't care. 
if, they, if God, speak, God spoke to them and said that he, he, he came, <laughs> he told me that God spoke to him and his wife to put that check in there. And then not only that, I wrote him, told him, I believe for your seed you gave to multiply. God, God will multiply your seed. So I prayed a little prayer. Didn't try to soft soap him. Didn't try to act like he, you're all that in a bag of chips. Jesus is all that in two bags of chips. Not people. He just, uh, he just somebody that God used in our life momentarily. He wants to come back and do some more. I have at it, but I'm not running after people that have no interest here. I'm not believing for people unless God wants to use them intermittently like that to come, come and do something that would help our church and help you and be a blessing like a Barry and a Becky and, a, and, the, and the Barleys and I could go around and call many others that just want to come be good students of the word, good sheep, don't give me any problems. Thank God. Having to deal with people that are working in wrong places, seeing wrong things. And trying to be married and have a normal marriage. Somebody's got to say no. I'm not mad at anybody, but I don't play with it when I'm in that setting. I may be the last resort they got before they either go to prison or do worse. You can't live like that and be blessed. You tear up your family, there's consequences to pay for all that. Now, you know what? Now, now, let me, let me, this is a $20 bill. Let me give a little illustration here. Can everybody see this? See, I say Satan, I'm going to play Satan and the angels too. Okay, I'm going to play all the roles right now. Just a one-man show. <laughs> Satan, take your hands off my money. Ministering spirits, come and influence people to bring the money to me that I need in Jesus' name. I command you to go out and bring the money that I need. Here you go, Pastor. Thank you. <laughs> now listen to me. Listen to me. God doesn't counterfeit out of heaven, and angels don't bring money like that, personally like that. That would be illegal. But they influence people to speak to people and influence people to do something spiritual like that because nobody wants to turn loose of their money unless God's in it. We're not trying to get people's money, and that's all we're talking. I'm trying to get money to you and help you to see... You, you don't need a bank officer to promote you. You don't need some used car lot salesman to pimp you. Tell you he's going to get you in this great car that doesn't even work right to begin with. They put coffee grinds in the transmission or some other goofy thing. trying to tell you this is the way you do what God says and you begin to claim what you need and you say, Satan, I bind you. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off my money. Ministering spirits, angels of God, angels that are assigned to me, go forth and cause the money to come. In Jesus' name. Hey, that's, that's, just, that's it. Now, one thing that I wanted to say to you about this. I was in a meeting. It's 101. I know what time it is. Give me just five minutes or less. Listen to me. I was in a meeting with Dr. Dufresne in Alabama. He was preaching along. He said, all you preachers need to read, I believe in visions. I thought, well, I've read it. I got a book at home marked up. I got a book in my office marked up. But because he was emphatic, he said, you know, you need to go back and read that book, I Believe in Visions by Kenneth E. Hagin. I, I, went, I went to our bookstore and bought a brand new copy when I came back from that meeting. <laughs> 
sat down and read, read it, got to the end of the book. This is page 121 and 122. But Brother, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, he was a preacher, and he had a vision, and Jesus appeared to him, and there was an angel standing beside Jesus, and, and Brother Hagin said he was getting ready to have this guy was going to loan him some money and buy some equipment to duplicate his tapes back in the day. We'd have CDs and iPhones, iPads, I this, I that. I don't know what all we got, but you understand what I'm saying. And he was going to put up some money, but then he was going to have some control over what was manufactured from Brother Hagin. And him and Jesus were having a conversation, and he said, who's, this? who's that? Brother Hagin said to Jesus, Jesus said, that's your angel. He, you didn't lose him because you grew up. And he quoted Matthew 18.10 to him. And then he said, when I'm done talking, you tell him to speak, and he's got a word for you. So when Jesus was done talking, he said, yeah, go ahead, speak. You, what do you have? He said, I'm sent from the presence of God to tell you not to do that thing with that guy. His heart's not right, but you'll have that money in three months, I think it was. I think it was $4,000. That don't sound like much money today, $4,000. But uh, to start a you know, tape ministry of some sort and machinery and all that that you buy. So, hallelujah. He said, uh, he, so he gave the angel permission, and this is what I had never seen before. Brother Hagin brought this out. He, of course, Jesus t began to talk to him about angels. They're ministering for you. What I already taught you, Hebrews 1.14. 20 years ago I taught that, or more, 30. Go back to 1983 when I had that first vision. Uh, well, first vision of that period in my life. You see, if we're not careful, we get so conscious of obeying the letter of the word, we miss the spirit of the word and shut the door on God and on the move of the spirit. And the angel, when the angel, after the angel had delivered his message to me, this is the angel speaking, this is Brother Hagin talking about this angel telling him some things. He said, now respond to him. Respond to this angel. So he said, I looked to the angel and asked, what does you have to say to me? And he said, I'm sent from the presence of God to mention a certain man's name that was going to duplicate his takes, had ulterior motives. I'm sent to tell you, don't do it. In four months' time, you'll have in your possession so many thousands of dollars. And he mentioned a certain amount, and you will have enough to set up your own office and make your own tapes. Not only will you have this money in four months' time, but other money will come. Now listen, for my angels are at work now to cause the money to come. My angels... And that's what Brother Hagin said. What do you mean my angels? He's talking to an angel, and the angel tells him, I've got my angels out there working on that. Now, I've been in this a long time, but I didn't factor in that. I didn't know that. He said, I'm, I have a number of angels, and, I've given them, and they're out there working right now. And four months later, just like the angel said, I had the money that he said I'd have. And I was able to establish our office and do the work without being under bondage to any other person. And this was a divinely granted appearance concerning my ministry. I have learned to say, go ministering spirits and cause the needed money to come, to come in in Jesus' name. See, now not only do you, this was his angel that he had as a child, and yet, what? He had angels under him. Somebody said, well, how many angels do you think we have? Enough. And no, let me refer, more than Enough. Now, you know, we're not talking about being stupid and goofy. I, I hate to use words like that with you, but I'm just saying, you don't ask the angel to go wash your dishes, change the oil in the truck, load your shotgun, guys. You know, give me a break. But we can use them in the capacity they've been sent. And one of the things they're sent to do is to bring pressure to the Father by helping us to prosper. 
So every day I say at least once, and sometimes I might get motivated to say it again. You know, you're renewing your mind every time you say that. I bind you, Satan, and I command you, take your hands off my money. Sometimes over some of you, I'll get in the Spirit, and I'll know certain things by the Spirit. Some of the people I have something for aren't here this morning, so I'll hold up on that. But God's deal with me, and I'll say, I take, command you to turn loose of their mind in the name of Jesus, talking to Satan. Can you do that? <laughs> well, sure I can. God gives me the authority to do it and shows me that in prayer. I have authority to operate, and he wouldn't have showed it to me if I couldn't have done nothing about it. Now, I can't manipulate other people and all that kind of stuff, but I can back the devil off of them enough that they could get their thinking straight long enough to get something and figure something out. Not bragging on me, but see, when you begin to walk in this in the Spirit, this is what I was teaching at mentoring class, learning to walk in the Spirit. But you can, as a believer, you have the same authority I have as far as being a believer that's seated with Christ. I do have a specialty ministry. I do have things that function on me and around me and through me because of my calling, but that's a different deal. Everybody could, could say, turn loose of my money and ministering spirits go and cause the money to come and you should be doing that prove it out you say well I haven't even figured out tithing yet well I don't know about you then you're not even, you're not even obedient the Bible says you eat the good of the land when you're willing and obedient see we don't want you to just be obedient because I'm teaching you that you got to be willing and obedient I don't know how many times I'm going to say this you don't have to do anything. You, you, you can go to hell if you want. I don't think that's smart. I, you could go do what some of the people I've described from the front have done, and they've derailed their life. Sweet, sweet little pastor's daughter. Loved her husband. Had a baby. Wanted to do the things of God. He's off in some other world. In a club that he should have never even known existed. I don't even know if she's normal. I just know she ditched him. Hey, I'm just talking here. She needs to get in church. I, my wife and I said, listen, come back, so-and-so. Come on over and visit with us. Because we didn't know if she's in church or... You know, girls that don't go to church a lot seem like they become man-hungry. And secondly, they become targets for men that are not right. Now, yeah, you... Some of you young ladies need to listen to me. You bring your boyfriends here if you think you got a good catch. Let me scan them. Put them in the scanner booth. No, I'm serious. I mean, if I don't think they're... And you, you really want my opinion and I don't think it's right, I'll tell you, I wouldn't do it. You can go ahead and do whatever you want. Many do. Most do. But I could warn you. At least give me a chance to warn you. Or if you come to see me because your life's this or that, I will tell you, well, stop doing this and get rid of these people and stay away from that group and... Come on in and get a part of this covenant you got with God. Come on now. Wake up, rise up, stand up, and be blessed. <laughs> God's got some good honey out of the rock right here. Hallelujah. Well, you helped me today. It's sort of quiet on me, but you helped me today. <laughs> sure do love you. Praise God. So that concludes our teaching on that. I hope you got a little nugget there. Listen, you got assistance. You got assistance. 
Everybody's looking for somebody to help them. I've just told you a key. Come and bring your tithe to God like Pastor Diana was teaching and honor the things of God in this house. We're not going to hold it against you if you don't, but you're not going nowhere if you don't. <laughs> you know, it's not, I can't promote what God doesn't promote. I can get up here and say everything over you I'd like to say and do, but some people continue to disqualify themselves. Yeah, they cripple themselves. You know, God wants to get involved in your finances. I hope you know that. I've proven him. I started at the tithe. I started at that level. That's all I knew. Then I began to understand more and more and came up higher as I went. And God's still challenging me in a good way. You know why he tells me to be more generous? He's got something down here that's tied to that he wants to do in my life that I, I, I don't have any idea what it is right now. I'm not believing for something right now. I mean, I'm believing for a lot of stuff here, our church to get, you know, the credit card to get paid off and stuff like that's what I mean. I'm not believing for, you know, just for me. That's my point. Most of my faith is in believing for other people to, and my spiritual father. Praise the Lord. Did you get anything out of that? Yes, When's he going to quit? Right now. Father, I thank you for this wonderful congregation today and I thank you for what you've been saying to us and how we can operate in your blessing in our prosperity. Thank you for the ministering spirits. I just decree over them as their pastor because they trust me to speak right and to talk right and they should over them that I command you, Satan, in Jesus' name, take your hands off their money. Take your hands off their stuff. Take your hands off their property. Take your hands off anything that belongs to them. And ministering spirits, you go and cause them to begin to prosper in the name of Jesus, that the blessing of God be upon their life, in their house, with their family, with their children, with their grandchildren, with their health and their wealth, and all that pertains to life and godliness be upon their life, I pray and decree it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. To view Dr. Jacob's travel itinerary, order products, and more, please visit cotrin.org slash mjm.